Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. kind of tell you what I'm going to preach about tonight. Are there any weary soldiers in the place tonight? Are there any weary warriors in the place tonight? Amen. If you'll open up your Bibles to 1 Samuel 17 and 32. Before I begin, I'd like to give honor where it's most honorably due. I'll give honor to our pastor, my father, greatest man I've ever known. I give honor to our bishop, greatest man I've ever known. <laughs> I give honor to our associate pastor, one of the greatest men I've ever known. Guys, we're blessed, amen. I give honor to our other ministers in the house tonight. But most of all, I give honor to my, my wife. She's my better half. And man, is she good looking. First <laughs> Samuel 17, 32. And David said unto Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. With the help of the Lord tonight, I'd like to preach you on this topic. I can do this all day. I can do this all day. Why don't you put down your Bibles, but lift up your praises. Lift up your voices to the King of kings and the Lord of lords right now. Let's just give him some worship right now. Let's just lift up his mighty name right now. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you all the glory and all the honor, Jesus. In your precious name, God. Amen. You may be seated. So... If I could be just a little real tonight, some of you may know that I'm a somewhat of a superhero geek. Right. I love superheroes, all right? I love them. Right. I've always loved them. I just think they're so neat. Because, I mean, come on. Who wouldn't want to have the ability of flight? Right. Who wouldn't want to, you know, have super strength or to shoot lasers out of your face? Yes, sir. I mean, that'd be super cool. Or shoot fireballs from your hands. Yeah. I mean... Or even talk to fish. Okay. Well, maybe not that one. But my favorite superhero of all time would, without a doubt, be Captain America. I mean, come on. America is in his name. Of course I would love it. Yes, sir. That's right. But the real real reason why I love Captain America is that because at one time he was just this regular guy. At one time he was just the -the run-of-the-mill kind of guy. But then he got like some steroids, if you will. And then he gains like these super abilities, like super strength, super agility and endurance. I think it's just so cool to me. One thing that really makes him stand out to me more than any other superhero is his drive to never give up. His will is a force to be reckoned with. His drive is matched by none. When something is wrong, nothing will stop him from making it right. So he's kind of always been like this underdog. He's always rooted for the little guy because at one time he was the little guy. And because of this, he's been beaten. He's been punched. He's been kicked, bludgeoned, blown up, thrown around. He survived the snap. Some of you will get that. Some of you won't. That's okay. 
But even going through all of that, he says the same thing over and over again. Every time he comes up against something that seems like it's going to beat him, he can be getting the mess beat out of him. And through it all, he says the same thing over and over and over and over again. Every time it looks like he's losing and he should just give up, he says, I can do this all day. I can do this all day. Somebody tell your neighbor, I could do this all day. Getting beat up before he even became a superhero, he would still say, I can do this all day. Man, he just won't stop. Nothing will stop him. But a man that Captain America just wishes he could be is the man of David. David was a dude you don't want to mess with. He may have been young, but that wasn't a concern of his. So let's jump into the story of David. 1 Samuel 17, verse number 1. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shoko, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shoko and Ezekiah, and Emphis Damon. Bear with me on those names. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched... uh, And the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. So if you could just picture it in your mind, you've got two mountains, and there's just black on one side. Then there's a valley, and it's black on the other, just filled with men. Filled with these armies that are about to go to war with each other. So these two armies are sitting there. And then all of a sudden, the Philistines throw a curveball that Israel wasn't expecting. It throws a secret weapon into the ring that Israel didn't know about. Verse number 4. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head and was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of that coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a shield went before him this dude had so many weapons and so much gear that another dude had to carry it I mean what a weapon of a man could you imagine what was going through the minds of the people of Israel at this time so you see okay so they're separated on different mountains And there's a valley in the middle of them. And Elah is known as a valley of giant trees. It's just filled with all these big trees. So they're on these separate mountains, separated by a valley. And then all of a sudden, walking down to meet you is a mountain of a man. A walking tank marching down the opposite side of the valley is coming towards you to make you his slave. Every step, he sent, every step he takes sends a loud thud through the valley. Trees and branches crack and snap at every step he takes. You see the birds just flock away as fast as he can. You can hear the scampering of animals just running away from him. At first, you could just hear the murmurs of the men around you just wondering, what is that? What is that? What's coming towards us? And, you know, as the sound gets closer and closer, everyone around you just goes silent. Just waiting. 
And then at first, it's kind of funny because at first, you know, the Bible says that the man bearing his shield went before him. So at first you see a guy come out with a shield twice his size. Like, okay, that's not so bad. But then, you're, you know, you're confused for a second, then all of a sudden, breaking through the tree line stands the giant. Stands the nine-foot-tall mountain of a man that looks to be entirely made out of brass. A man literally holding a tree with a spearhead on the front of it as his weapon. And then, from this walking giant comes a roar. Now, some of you may remember my grandfather, Fred Gill, a very tall man with a deep and booming voice. But I bet Grandpa didn't really have anything compared to Goliath. I bet his voice was just a little bit louder. You got to think he was standing in the valley declaring upon the Israel army that was standing on a mountain. So he had to be loud enough to reach that army on the mountain. And from this mountain of brass comes a declaration. Verse number 8 from chapter 17. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your slaves. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all of Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Somebody say, I can do this all day. So could you imagine hearing that from that? This mountain of a man just came marching down this mountain into this valley through the trees, stands before you when you are on the mountain and says, you're going to be my slave. Now, I believe that we have got some people in a situation a lot like this. Some have been sitting on the mountaintop. We've got some people that have been in some armies, that have fought some battles, ready for just another battle that you face day in and day out, ready for just another battle that you face all before. But then the enemy throws you a curveball, and now there's a giant standing in front of you. Now there's a Goliath that's speaking death over you. Now there's a Goliath that's saying, you're going to be my slave. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make you mine. You're going to be my dog. There are people here tonight that the enemy is saying that you're going to be bound by them. The enemy is telling you that you are going to be a slave. Because how on earth are you going to be able to face something like that? How can I face something like a giant? But church, let me tell you, you may just want to be the army on the mountainside that just sits and watch. But there is someone here tonight that wants to have a spirit of David in this place. Is there someone here tonight that is willing to say, I'm not going to stand and let the enemy tell me that anymore. I'm not going to stand and let him tell about my church. They're not going to be his slave. My family's not going to be his slave. My job isn't going to be his slave. Come on, somebody. Who's going to say I can do this all day? Maybe seen. First Samuel 17 and 26. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? Notice here the first thing he says, What's going to happen to the man that kills him? It isn't, Whoa, who's that? What's that? 
What's he saying? Somebody better do something. I'm just a shepherd boy. Somebody go fight him. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen to the guy that kills him? What's going to happen to the guy that shuts his mouth? <laughs> he wasn't scared. Now, see, David knew what was about to happen, I think. I think back in his mind, he knew what was about to happen. Continuing on, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, so shall it be done to the man that killeth him. So David got a little cocky. David was dissing this giant. He wasn't afraid of what all was going on around him. He wasn't minding that everyone else was scared of him. Church, just because everyone around you is scared to face the giant, that doesn't mean you have to be too. Just because there's a giant that's speaking death doesn't mean you can walk up and speak death right back to it. Come on, somebody. We need to get a David kind of courage in this place that says, who's this chump? Who's this piece of garbage that's coming into my life? Who does he think he is coming in my life? Who does he think he is speaking garbage over my family? Who does he think he is speaking garbage over my children, in my heart, in my family, in my home? How dare he have the even guts to show up? Come on, somebody. I can do this all day. You see in the chapter before this, in 1 Samuel 16 and 13, it says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of the brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So what we need to notice, church, is before Goliath even stepped on the battlefield, David was already anointed to be the next king. So basically, what we are seeing here is the next king of Israel saying, he's coming up against my kingdom. He's coming against my people. Who does he think he is? I may be young. I may be a shepherd. This was a king. This was a shepherd that is about to protect his flock. This was a king that was protecting his people. Now the people of Israel and even the current king was doubting David because of his age. They doubted him because he had no experience. They doubted him because he wasn't a warrior. He wasn't trained in the arts of fighting. 1 Samuel 17 and 33. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. You just stepped on the battlefield. He's been on the battlefield before you even thought about getting on the battlefield. And here's what I'd like to tagline the, ta the title of this message. Here's where I'd like to tagline the title of this message. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Everyone around him was saying, David, you can't do it. You can't kill him. He's stronger than you. He's better than you. He's stronger than you. He's a giant. You can't quit your addiction. You can't break that generational curse. You can't be apostolic where you work. You can't get over your past. You can't get over what you've done. Are you look at it. Look at what you're facing. It's stronger than you. It's better than you. How are you going to do that? But there's a church that's rising up today, Pastor, that says, I can do this all day. There was a David that said to Saul, who was down him, before that giant stepped on the battlefield, I saw a lion. And before I saw that lion, I saw a bear. Before I saw the bear, oh my God. 
I slew the lion when I saw the lion. I slew the bear when I saw the bear. And what makes a difference that it's a giant? I did it once. I can do it again. You see, the people of Israel thought that Goliath was too big to kill. David thought he was too big to miss. Let me say that again for people that may not have heard me. The people of Israel thought he was too big to kill. David said, that's a target I can't even miss. Church, it doesn't matter what comes up against you. You will get through it. You just keep putting too much faith and power in the name of the enemy. We, we so much say, that's a giant. He's got so much weight on him. He's got so much brass on him. Quit putting faith in the enemy and start putting faith in the God that has given you the power to overcome it. Are there any soldiers ready to start fighting tonight? Are there any Davids walking on the scene? Where are my warriors at tonight? Where are the ones that say, I can do it all day? Come on, let's give them some praise. I wonder for just a few seconds if we can glorify the God of the soldiers. If we can glorify the God of the warriors. Let's lift up his name. Hallelujah. But if there be any soldiers in the house tonight, that you maybe feel weary. You may be frightened by the giant that stands before you. <coughs> I heard this passage that I'm going to read to you. My dad was actually the one that showed me this. It's called the Soldier's Declaration. And I quote, I am a soldier. I am a soldier in the army of my God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Scripture is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Ghost, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army, and I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not have to be pampered, petted, primed up, picked up, or pepped up. I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. Because I am a soldier. I am not a wimp. I am in my place, saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, or candy, or give me handouts. I do, not demean, I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. Somebody ought to be praising his name right now. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. If I end up with nothing, I will still come out ahead. I will win. My God has and will continue to supply all of my needs. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. And here we go. The devil cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Are there any soldiers in the house tonight? 
he continues on even death cannot destroy me for when my commanding officer calls me from his battlefield he will promote me to captain and allow me to rule with him I am a soldier in the army I'm marching claiming victory I will not give up and I will not turn around I am a soldier marching heaven bound are there any soldiers in the house tonight are there any ones that can agree with the soldier's declaration tonight says I ain't gonna give up I ain't gonna turn around I can do it all day no matter what comes up against me no one is gonna come up against me in the future I am a soldier somebody give him some praise right now Church, I believe God is aiming his people for war. He is arming us. The devil has no power compared to the power that worketh in us. The enemy is no match for any of us. It doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter from the youngest Selah to the oldest saint. You have more power in your little finger than the devil does in the entire kingdom of darkness. Somebody get a hold of that right now. Now, the giant wasn't the last thing that David fought in his life. Later on in his life, David had another giant that he would come up against. Only David served this giant. Saul was so jealous and angry at how God was using David. It says in 1 Samuel 19 and 1, And Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. He didn't make it private that he wanted to kill him. So David ran. And he ran, and he ran, and he ran. Till one day in a cave, David gave mercy to Saul who didn't deserve it. Could you imagine giving someone mercy that wished you so much harm? That wished for you to die? That told everybody they knew that they wished they could kill you? That threw spears at you? That cursed you? That hated you? And you give them mercy? But David thought, through all of this, I survived the bear. I survived the lion. I survived the giant. I can survive the king. I could do it all day. People of God, you've survived the hurt. You've survived the pain. You survived the addictions. You survived the attacks. You, dis- you survived the strongholds. So don't sell yourself short. You can make it through another fight. You will make it through another fight. It doesn't matter what battles you face from yesterday. It doesn't matter what fa- battles you'll face tomorrow. You can do it. Somebody say, I can do it all day. Go into another story of someone who just wouldn't quit is the story of Paul. This dude, he was crazy. Crazy for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 11 and 24. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils of mine own countrymen. In perils by the heathen. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness. In watchings often. In hunger and thirst. In fasting often. In cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without... That which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. All right. All right. Wow. 
Paul went through just about everything anyone could go through. And then some. But this text wasn't Paul trying to make people feel sorry about himself. It wasn't about him glorifying, I've been through this. I've been through that. For when he said, I received 40 stripes, he was also thinking in Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. When he thought about being beaten with rods, he was also thinking of Philippians 1 and 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. When Paul thought of being stoned in Acts 14 and 19, he was also thinking of Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. When Paul thought about suffering through shipwrecked he was also thinking of Romans 5 and 1 therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ when he thought about his time in the deep he thought of Romans 1 and 16 for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone when he thought about it, he, when he went through his journeys, he thought of Romans 10 and 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Through all the perils he went through. Perils of water, of robbers, of heathens, of his own countrymen, of wilderness, the sea, and false brethren. He thought of Romans 8 and 2. For the law of the spirit of the life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and of death somebody get a hold of this he thought of Romans 8 and 6 for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace Romans 8 and 15 for ye not have received the spirit of bondage again to fear but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father Romans 8 and 18 for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us Romans 8 and 28 and we know all the things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose Romans 8 and 31 what shall we say to these things if God be for us who can be against us I can do it all day that's just one chapter that Paul wrote. Paul wasn't scared when a new situation came up. He just told it, I can do it all day. Devil, I've already tried and been through everything you can throw at me. Just go ahead and throw another because I can do it all day. But Paul wasn't done with his story when he was talking about everything he went through. All that he endured while preaching the gospel. 2 Corinthians 12 and 8 says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto thee, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In my infirmities. In my weakness, in my shortcomings, in my failures, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. But church, I want to show you how you can have that kind of mindset of I can do this all day. Because we've been a church, we've been getting punched in the gut for as long as I can remember. We've had some rough months, we've had some rough years, but God is calling us to have a mindset. I can do this all day. So 
If that scripture for you wasn't enough, let me break it down for you. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. And he said unto thee, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So let's break it down in the Greek. Grace in the Greek means charis, which means exactly that. It means grace, loving kindness, mercy, love, gentleness, meekness. Sufficient here is archeo. <laughs> now get ready for this one. That means to be processing, sorry, to be possessing of unfailing strength. <laughs> His strength is sufficient. That means it's more than enough. It doesn't stop. It doesn't quit because it can't stop. It can't quit. It simply cannot. It cannot fail. It cannot cease to exist because it is sufficient. Now I'm going to jump over strength. If you could put that verse back up for me, please. We'll just keep it there. I'm going to jump over strength and go over to perfect. That is, if I pronounce this right, teleio. And that means to carry through completely. When God says that his strength is made perfect in your weakness, he is saying, I will complete you. I will fix it, and I will do it perfectly. I have got it. I have got you. Just when you think you've had enough, just when you think you are weak and there's nowhere else you can go, my God says, I have the teleleo perfectness because I will carry you throughout all of it and complete you perfectly in only the way my God can. If you will stand with me, music come. Can somebody just worship the name of Jesus for a little bit? Can somebody worship the God of soldiers, the one that can give us away when there seems to be no way? So let's go back to the word strength. The word strength in the Greek here means dunamis. And we've heard that word before. Pastors preached on dunamis. So I just want to add to that. To some of you that may not remember what dunamis is. Dunamis has a few different definitions. But they all go in line for this scripture. Dunamis is inherent power. Power residing in a thing by virtue. Or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Power by performing miracles. Moral power and excellence of soul. The power and influence which belong to riches and wealth. Power and resources arising from numbers. And get this, power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, or hosts. Yeah, I think God's strength just about covers every basis. So in your weakness, in your pain, in your hurt, He brings strength. He brings riches and wealth. He brings numbers. He brings forces. He brings armies. He brings hosts. That's why we call Him the Lord of hosts. He's the God of ancient armies. So that is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, Therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am made strong. My God 
is a great God. I believe some of you tonight need a dunamis kind of strength. There are some of you that are in weakness, and there's a God that's ready to give you some talent. They are perfect dunamis strength. If you need that kind of perfect strength right now, why don't you come to this altar right now? Why don't you step out by faith? And go ahead and praise the Lord of the dunamis strength. Praise the Lord that carries your weakness to completion. Somebody ought to worship the name of Jesus. Somebody ought to worship the name of Jesus. Somebody ought to worship him. Worship him for the strength that never fails. Worship him because there's some pause in this place tonight that says, I've gone through just about it all, but I can do it again. I can face it again because in my weakness, I'm made strong. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.